I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ruler Magazine Tech Podcast. I am your host, Dan Cavallari, here in Colorado, and I'm in my garage as always. And, you know, with with the road season wrapping up, it has been a wonderful time for me to hop back on my mountain bike. I really, I I started mountain biking back in the day. That's how I got into bikes in general. Uh, And then I moved over to to road kind of around college. And, um, but my roots are, my roots are mountain bike. And, you know, in the mountain bike world, uh, it's, it's sort of a different tech landscape, but there's just so much now in, in cycling that's cross-pollinating. We're seeing road and mountain bike tech combine and clash into gravel bikes. So it's a really neat time. Uh, and some of the, the, the very cool design elements that are, that are sort of starting to cross-pollinate uh, are happening in wheels. And so uh, I wanted to talk to a wheel manufacturer that has that, uh, that history of mountain bike design and now uh, road and gravel and how those things sort of combine and what's, what's really exciting about wheel design at the moment. So on the line, I have Nick McRae, who is the R&D manager for uh, Santa Cruz Bikes, which is a mountain bike manufacturer. They also make gravel bikes. And he's also, uh, as, as we, we determined earlier, the director of things at <laughs> Reserve Wheels, which is sort of an all-encompassing unofficial term. Uh, and he's joining us from Montreal. Hi, Nick. How are you? Pretty good. Maybe I have to make that official talk to my boss. Director of things. Kind of sounds good, huh? I think you got to get some business cards, man. <laughs> Yeah, director of things. Uh, and I also have on the line Scott Roy from Cervelo. Uh, he is the engineering manager, and he is based in L.A., and he's going to be talking to us a little bit about how uh, the partnership with Cervelo Bikes uh, has and Reserve has uh, has worked in the last uh, couple of years. It, it ha- it's, been a, it's been more than a year at this point, right? Yeah, about like three and a half, yeah. Uh, gentlemen, thanks thanks for taking some time. Scott, how are you? I, I'm, I'm, I'm great. All right, well, gentlemen, let's start with, with Nick. Uh, Nick, Give me a brief uh, summary of the history of San- of, uh, of Reserve because I know, you know, as a mountain bike guy, you know, Santa Cruz bikes, that's, that's, that's an old, old name in the mountain bike world and they've made great bikes for a long, long time. And then there was a partnership where Reserve came on board and Santa Cruz bikes uh, started shipping with Reserve wheels. So tell me a little bit about the history of Reserve, where it came from and how, and how we ended up where we are today with a partnership, not only with, with uh, Santa Cruz, but also with Cervelo. It's a bit of a long story, but I'll, I'll make it short uh, for your listeners. Um, so basically Reserve wheels started as a product line under Santa Cruz bikes um, back in 2016. I was basically there since the, since the start. Santa Cruz bikes hired me as a composite engineer to start that product line originally. Um, so we, the, the goal for Santa Cruz um, with the reserve product line was make a rim that won't break so we can um, offer a war, our, our lifetime warranty in the same way we do with 
with our bikes. And that was at the time unheard of, right? Uh, basically, carbon rims on the mountainside had a limited warranty, one year, crash replacement kind of thing. Um, we did unlimited. Um, that made us uh, you know, pretty good at making carbon rims uh, over a few years. Um, and a couple of years later, when the Pond Group acquired uh, Santa Cruz Bicycles, uh, we started talking to guys at Stravelo, a sister company, um, about you know their challenges. And Scotty and I went to Asia plenty of times together um, since we were manufacturing engineers for both companies at the time. Um, started talking about potential road profiles um, because these guys wanted to do something on the wheel side and they didn't have the you know manufacturing network for rims necessarily. And we didn't have the aerodynamic expertise, which Cervelo certainly has. Uh, so that it was a, basically a natural um, partnership. And at that time, we started with road rim profiles um, that Cervelo provided. We made those rims uh, per their specification at our uh, exclusive factory in Asia, where all the mountain product line is made um, as well. Um, that taught us a lot. It helped reserve, understand aerodynamics, wind tunnel testing, all that stuff. Uh, and more recently, a couple of years ago, we started looking at um, how we can actually improve upon what we learned um, and maybe do something a little bit differently because we noticed that um, road wheels had kind of plateaued in terms of aerodynamics in the last like six, seven, eight years. Maybe there was something with the design method or methodology that could be improved. Um, and that's where we took that partnership to a whole other level uh, with the turbulent aero uh, designs. Let's take a quick step back because, you know, like I said, I, I grew up in the mountain bike world and, and I could tell you I didn't give a damn if a wheel was fast. I wanted it to be strong, <laughs> you know, because I knew I was going to beat on it. Um, and I think, you know, aerodynamics does factor into mountain biking, but not nearly, nearly as much. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost an afterthought, you know, for, for mountain bikers. There's the, the stiffness aspect the handling and, you know, and basically the durability are the primary concerns. And I think, you know, on the roadside, those are also primary concerns, but what makes it tricky to create a really good road wheel is the fact that you need the durability, you need the handling, but you also need the aerodynamics. Um, so when you partnered with Cervelo, what resources were new to you? What resources were, you know, uh, allowed you to sort of take that step and understand aerodynamics in a new way? Cervelo is a, um, you know, very, uh, as a depth of knowledge that we could not dream of internally. Um, from 20 years of, or maybe more, Scotty, of going to the wind tunnel and, and actually, um, uh, utilizing CFD tools also, so you know, computational fluid dynamics, so basically a, a computer analysis of, of wind flow around objects. Um, so all of that is expensive and takes very uh, dedicated resources and a lot of expertise, a lot of time with those tools to get good at them. Um, and so for us, it was like basically um, rocket fuel into product development for to, to enable us to get into uh, you know the road market. What's interesting to me is you know I think there's this notion that if you manufacture bike stuff you know mountain bike stuff your your natural progression is to go to gravel because they're fairly similar or if you're in road the natural progression is to progress into gravel because it's like this middle ground. But it's interesting to me that what, what reserve did was start at the mountain bike side and then go all the way to the opposite side of that pendulum swing to road and then came back to gravel. What, what was the reasoning there? 
Well, actually, we did uh, have a gravel rim, but a low-profile gravel rim based on more kind of adventure-y, you know, longer-term endurance gravel for our Stigmata on the, on the Santa Cruz side. Um, that product has been around for quite a while. It's the Reserve 25, so it's like just a, um, it's a very tiny, short, uh, and narrower product. Um, I guess where the, the whole thing started, um, Cervelo had a pro team on the world tour and we saw an opportunity to help them win races and my involvement on the mountainside with the syndicate pro downhill team um, taught me a bit how to you know design product for athletes at the highest level and something I do enjoy and so when Cervelo approached us with that idea um, to me obviously it, uh, the idea of designing rims on the on the tour de France was a uh, pretty, pretty interesting, pretty exciting. Um, and so we thought like, if we're going to do that, we need to go all in. We need to understand the process from A to Z and we need to bring something meaningful to the game. If we're only going to sort of copycat something else or design something that would be, you know, fine, but not interesting, the team would not be excited about running it. Um, and so be a mood point. So um, that's where we went kind of all in with the TT wheels with the team um, test out the product, also get some, you know, get some credibility, show the team what we were capable of and show the team that this technical partnership between Cervelo and Reserve was real. Um, and then came up with products basically all for, for the full spectrum of Cervelo's product line from gravel all the way to TT bike. Now, Scott, I, I, I want to hop over to you for a moment. Now, uh, you know, Nick, Nick's been very clear about what the benefits were for, for Reserve, with this partnership at Cervelo. I mean, they, they got to really expand what they were capable of in terms of wheel design and, you know, learned a lot about uh, uh, aerodynamics and being able to capitalize on what Cervelo had already built in terms of knowledge and expertise in that field. What did Cervelo get out of the deal? Really good wheels, man. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, um, it, to, to what, uh, to what Nick said, it's, it's a hundred percent true. Like we couldn't, we can't, make wheels we couldn't make wheels we've tried we tried before we, we we could make fast profiles but um building a wheel is not a not an easy thing um and I, I, we mentioned it previously in uh, another chat we had where um we talked about the move from rim to disc um obviously that uh changed a lot of the way that these wheels were made but i think having nick's experience and reserves experience on the mountainside where they were already making strong wheels um was 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 golden um for us as a design team it also allowed us to you you think about what we can control um with we talked about uci shapes before uh what we can control with a frame it's it's one one part there's like three parts in a in a system it's the rider the bike and the wheels right so we can't control the rider and at that point we couldn't control the wheels. So all we could do was make the, the frame as fast as well, the system, frame system as fast as we could, or as compliant as we could, or as light as we could, but you're still left with a with a two massive design holes that if you're able to control, um, then that's two thirds of the equation soldered. So um, having that, basically the, the ability to only concentrate on either making them fast or making them light or making the best wheel specific to a bike and not have to pick one from from a from a catalog was amazing to us and as nick said we 
the first gen was just like let's sit let's just get this out there let's hear some shapes that we already had and that we had already worked with they're great they're good but now it's truly like how can how can we design frames and systems as a whole so can the wheels and can the shape and profile and the width of those wheels uh, influence the frame and I think that's a very, uh, you make a very good point here that, you know, this partnership is basically just starting, right? That's, we started somewhere that made sense. And I think the most of the value for Cervelo um, is just starting to materialize. And as we get further with, um, you know, this turbulent aero technology that we're developing right now, Cervelo will see benefits from this. But also we're now starting Cervelo product development cycles early on where we can work together truly from the ground up. Um, you know, the, for the S5 that um, launched this year has more clearance for rims and tires in the back and um, things of that nature that we could utilize. And, you know, for a, as an example, the Reserve 63 in the back, um, the width of that rim, it, it's bulging out to the very limit of the UCI regulations of, um, was this called again, four millimeters of clearance between the rim and the NIRS point yet, right? Um, and so we're basically designing as far as we possibly can to fit within those boundaries. Um, but on future projects, we can take that a notch further potentially. And that's where the true value will lie for, for both brands. That's interesting to me. Scotty, I'm curious, when you were developing bikes before the partnership with uh, Reserve, I mean, were there certain wheels you could, like, you know, you would build a frame uh, and fork and system and all this, and then you'd be like, okay, we got to figure out what wheels are going to be the fastest. I mean, what kind of variance was there in, 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 you know, between wheel sets? I mean, if, can you quantify that in, in any way? I mean, do you have any examples? Yeah. So we, um, we, we, we have two, broadly speaking, we have two ways of, of validating in the wind tunnel. We will do a, we'll do a build spec, um, and then we'll do an engineering spec and an engineering spec is, um, early on in the design process, we, we we try to minimize as many variables as we can because we which you know either optimizing for bar or stem or seat post or frame or fork, right? So um, every time we go into the tunnel, uh, it's with or without DZ. DZ is our foam model, um, but it's always a complete bike. It's never just a frame. If we're using it to to look at um, design iterations, it's wheels, it's group set, it's bar, it's grip tape. Um, it's hoods, it's brifters, it's all that. Um, to keep things consistent for a very, very, very long time, um, Head has has a great pattern. I think it still is. They still do have that pattern um, that with on the rim side, uh, on the rim brake generation of bikes made incredibly fast wheels. Um, and at one point uh, that I think it's the Vanquish um, was our baseline wheel. So we would test all of our development with that wheel um, because we found it was arguably the fastest wheel that we had ever tested. So that was a good benchmark. Let's keep that as um, where we, we want and we'll change features and things and shapes in the frame against that, but huge amount of variance. So, and even, you know, with full transparency, look at, at the S5 spec previously or pre or any frame, um, the performance targets, aren't going to be on, you know, the, the shallow profile alloy open spec wheel, right? Um, it, even the variability between the size of um, red SRAM red hoods to Shimano DI2 race hoods, right? They're, they're, they're quite smaller and it makes an impact. It's a huge impact. I can maybe bring a good example uh, to support that. Um, 
on the S5 specifically, and what most bikes, like aero bikes with BB right, um, that whole like BB C tube area is designed with an asymmetrical shape for frame design reasons, you know, structural reasons that all make sense on the Cervelo side. But what we could do knowing that we want to design wheels that are the fastest possible within that package, we started looking at asymmetrical rear rims that would actually kind of tuck behind that asymmetrical shape as best possible to, to get to get a gain there. Um, so for Cervelo, designing for the product that we're designing for their bike, you know, that whole loop there uh, is interesting because we can leverage some of their design changes and then they can leverage some of ours. Um, and that's what led to, you know, Reserve 63 on the S5, basically one of the first asymmetrical rear rims on the market. And, you know, your uh, mountain bike fans on the on the podcast will, will know that um, asymmetrical rims on the mountain side uh, have been around for many, many years for very good structural reasons. You know, you, you're rebalancing your spoke angle and therefore the spoke tensions from the drive side and non-drive side. Um, and disc wheel, um, disc wheels nowadays have are dished by nature but to create room for that um, that disc on one side of the hub. And so creating that asymmetry in the rear on that rim allows us to make a wheel that's structurally more advantageous, take some weight out, but also aerodynamically interesting because it works within that full package uh, with the, that S5 a lot better than anything on the market could. Well, in a lot of ways, you know, your your jobs are, are the exact opposite of mine as a writer. Like as a writer, I, I, I desperately don't want to be forgettable, but you're doing your job well if, if we forget forget about all this stuff. We don't think about it, right? Like you want your product to, in a sense, be forgettable. You want the people to concentrate on the ride and not be thinking about the wheels and the asymmetry of their rims, right? And so, uh, you know, your your success is that uh, people aren't thinking about it. If they're thinking about it, there's probably a problem. <laughs> I absolutely agree. And that started even on the mountainside when I was working with, you know, the likes of Greg Minar um, years ago on the World Cup circuit. He wanted to be able to ride through the rock gardens at Mont Saint Anne or Fort Williams without thinking about maybe breaking a rim. That was the that was the goal. So if you're a forgettable wheel set, you're usually a good wheel set, and that applies totally on the road. And I think it uh, on the front of the bike, it's even more true because you're trying to get a wheel that will be predictable, stable, and varying crosswinds. And if you can forget about what your wheels are doing, you can focus on. Uh, your own power output and your position on the bike and so on and so forth. We're, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we get back, we're going to talk about more forgettable stuff that you guys have developed. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, there's a lot going on at reserve that I think is very cool. Uh, that actually has a lot of benefits to the riders. So we're going to go a little bit more in depth into some of the other projects you're working on, uh, that are, that are not only fast, but also, uh, remarkably usable for, for the end user. So we'll, we'll be back in just a moment with, uh, Nick McRae from Santa Cruz bikes and reserve and Scott Roy from Cervelo. Uh, one second. We'll be right back. Okay. That was slightly longer than one second, but we are back with the ruler magazine tech podcast. I am still your host, Dan Cavallari. I am still in my garage here in Colorado. I'm staring, still staring at all these incredible bikes. And one of which is the Cervelo S5, which is sitting here leaning against uh, the wall. And it's got some uh, beautiful reserve wheels on it. 
And, uh, you know, in our, in a podcast we did recently, uh, with, with these two gentlemen, uh, Scott, uh, from Cervelo and Nick from Santa Cruz, we talked a little bit about, uh, the S5 and how that bike has changed. And one of the key components is the different depths of rims front and rear on that bike. So really what we're talking about is subtlety of design. And I think any wheel brand, uh, that, that is out there trying to test its metal is doing a lot of things that are quite subtle to benefit the rider and reserve wheels is, is doing a lot of those things. And that goes into, you know, the subtlety of design. Like for example, I think Nick, you mentioned that the, the rear rim on this S five is like, you know, it's wide as wide as you can get it within the, the legal constraints of the UCI. Most riders are not going to notice that, but you notice it and you know that it's going to make a difference. We talked about asymmetry of rims and things like that. Talk a little bit about some of the other things that that reserve is working on that that is actually uh, less de- less designed for aerodynamic games and more for usability. And I'm thinking uh, specifically about the Fillmore tubeless valves. Can you talk a little bit about those? I think that's such a cool idea. I think you know reserve um, as a company, we're really trying to look at the full package and the user experience and try to you know fix the little problems or the little things that are annoying here and there. Uh, on the mountain side, we started with, you know, making rims that won't break and supporting it with a lifetime warranty and actually have somebody you can, you know, pick up the phone and talk to, to if you if you have a problem. Um, then on the road side, we're, you know, we turbine and aero trying to make a more stable wheel, things that will work better with the bike. Well, Presta valves have been like personally something like a, a point of annoyance in my in my bike life in general for for years mostly coming from the mountainside you're switching tires very regularly changing your sealant and every time you pump it up or spin that wheel a little bit of sealant gets into your valve and you know modern tubeless sealant is made to clog holes bigger than a pressed valve opening <laughs> basically so it is by nature going to clog it at some point um, and for high volume tires, which is now becoming more and more of a thing on gravel, but also on road with a lot of people riding you know, 30, 32, even 35 millimeter tires on their road bikes, um, a lot of air volume needs to go through that valve to set up a tubeless tire efficiently. And um, not everybody has a compressor out of their house or not everybody has one of those fancy like, you know, charge can floor pumps that you can use. Um, taking out a valve core and a Presta valve is a bit of a pain because then when you put it back, the tire will deflate and you know, the whole thing again. So we, we try to look at it in a bit of a different way. Like the Presta valve design has not evolved since the 1890s or something. You know, that patent is a, almost 150 years old. Maybe there's something we can do with modern materials and technology to improve that experience. And so what we came up with is the Fillmore valve that has, um, I can't remember the number exactly, but like three or four times more flow just because the basically the core itself, like what closes the valve, is moved inside the rim almost. It's like the other end of the valve completely. Um, so there's a poppet that moves like the whole way across the valve. Um, and you, so basically when you're unscrewing that tip and like releasing the air, the top of the poppet that is closing the valve will kind of break off any kind of sealing film that could be over there. Um, that means there's no removable core that you need to change or remove to see the tubeless tire. You can just like put your, your floor pump directly on it. Um, and it will work for gravel, road, mountain. Um, and that valve is not like a dedicated design to specific rims. You can use it on any kind of product you want. Um, so to, to us, that's a, a pretty significant leap um in the usability of our product um because 
from this moment on, you can basically pick any set of wheels, any tire you want, and set it up tubeless without too much hassle. And if you're if you're struggling to understand, you know, visualize how this works, I would suggest going to reservewheels.com and checking out the the, the graphics they have here because it's actually quite ingenious if you think about it. And you know, we talked just before the break about you know the the success measured in forgettability, and nobody can forget about how much of a pain in the butt Presta valves are. And so if this can solve that problem, that's huge. And and I think this is a very uh, it's one of those it's one of those moments where you look at what wheel brands are doing or what any brand is doing and sometimes just solving the simplest problem that people have can be such a monumental leap forward and i think this is exactly that um and i have a friend that that rails against presta valves he hates presta valves and when he saw this and he doesn't get excited about anything about bike tech when he saw this i mean i don't think i've ever seen him that emotional it was it was quite something it is one of those things that you you don't realize annoy you until you get something better and then now you know i have probably 20 wheel sets in my garage because it's my job to design and test wheels and every single one of them has reserve valves on it now and granted i get them for free so that helps a bit but still it's one of those things where you're like okay i can't i can't deal with a regular presto valve anymore just can't do it (laughs) i I wanted to talk about that because i do think it is such a a big leap forward and it's something i'm excited about but i also want to take kind of a step back to rim design. Um, and you know, everybody in the last, I would say seven to eight years has grappled a little bit with, uh, this, this burgeoning segment called gravel. And yes, you can argue that gravel has been around since the beginning of bikes and that's true, but as a segment, it's fairly young and you know, the designs are changing as gravel changes, right? Like gravel doesn't even know what it is yet. Right. We're still figuring that out. And I'm curious, uh, as a, as a wheel manufacturer, you know, that started in mountain bikes and has made the leap to road and you did have a, a, a very basic, uh, gravel wheel set early on. What's, what's the challenge been like in terms of, of developing an effective product for gravel? And what have you learned in the last several years about what wheels work best in the, on the gravel side? It's a very interesting question. Um, Gravel is this kind of gray zone where, um, you know, you could design something on, on two completely different ends of the spectrum. And I think to get back to the, you know, uh, bike product lines at Santa Cruz and Cervelo, uh, I think their Aspero and our Stigmata are two very good examples of like two gravel bikes that are operating at different ends of the spectrum for different kind of riders and customers. And so as a wheel manufacturer, you're, you're trying to, um, get a product for these two bikes, for instance, um, that are going to meet that customer's requirements, and it's not going to be the same product. And so right now we have two very distinct product in the reserve wheels line that are gravel rims. One is shallow profile, uh, made for large volume tires, but like lightweight with not much consideration for aerodynamics. And you have... um, and I would think that's more like a Cervelo customer, um, customer that's uh, a bit more tuned in with aerodynamic benefits, even with larger volume tires. I want something that's a deeper profile, uh, something that, you know, for, for the type of guy that will pin numbers to his jerseys every now and then, um, it's, it's a massive benefit. So the main challenge, I would say, as a wheel manufacturer has been identifying what is important for that customer and how we can bring something to the market that is not just like another run of the mill is something they can find everywhere else, but um, something that actually makes a difference in the day to day. 
and you will see, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, uh, say too much, but there's some interesting developments on the reserve gravel side coming up this year. So stay tuned. Yeah. And I think, I think to me, gravel is, is such a tricky, uh, area to develop in because you know with mountain bike like we said i mean to me the the big thing was always durability and then on the roadside you're always looking for something lightweight and fast and the, the gravel is the confluence of those two and so you you know we we often talk about trade-offs in design with bicycles and that seems like it could really easily succumb to trade-off itis as it were um but you guys have seemed to i mean and it seems like most people most brands have figured out now that you can't just have one product that'll work for everything. It seems like because gravel riders are so varied in what they're doing and how they're riding their bikes, multiple products make sense. Um, but even in, even with that segmentation, I mean, do you find yourself having to design for trade-offs? I mean, have you, have you come to a point with gravel where, where we can get light, strong and fast? I've given I mean, I've given up on cheap. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you, you said it, it's like, but everything you do, you know, everything any company in the world design across any market is always some amount of compromise, right? That's, that's engineering. It's designing for uh, parameters that you identified matter more to a certain type of customer and like going deeper on that side and uh, taking a hit on other things. And sometimes you'll, you'll decide, you know, to Lamborghini will take a hit on pricing because they want to hit performance for a specific kind of customer. They, they won't get everything in that same package. And I think, Gravel will, um, you know, eventually be a little bit of the same thing as well. So you're trying, yes, to hit a bit lighter weight, but it's not going to be as lightweight as a climbing wheel set. You're trying to fit larger tires um, and get a better feel at lower pressure. Well, uh, you know, you're taking a hit on some some other things. The idea is trying to find that balance where you're getting the right amount of what's important for that customer and as little as possible as the downsides. Um, that you've identified. So um, there again, uh, the partnership with Cervelo has been super useful for reserve wheels because these guys have developed, you know, in their Aspero 5, like a really, really fast gravel bike that we can um, design a wheel set for. Um, and there again, like tire clearance, frame clearance for the rims, like what actually that airflow is going to look like when it hits that rear wheel. All that stuff is like information we can share and that really helps reserve make better design decisions. All with the ultimate goal to be as forgettable as possible. <laughs> Maybe that's a better title than director of forgettable things. Yeah, there you go. Uh, gentlemen, thanks so much for joining me today, Scott and uh, Nick. I, I do appreciate your time. It's always fascinating to chat about uh, design and uh, manufacturing processes. And it is a complex uh, topic. So if any of you listening have questions, please feel free to reach out to me at Slow Guy Fast Ride on Twitter, at Slow Guy on the Fast Ride on Instagram. And of course, you can always reach out to us at Ruler Magazine across social media. We're always happy to answer your questions, and I'm always happy to pass those questions along to Scott and Nick and annoy them as much as possible uh, in the pursuit of uh, cluttered inboxes. Uh, gentlemen, thank you once again for, for joining, joining me today. It was a pleasure to chat. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.